Gunshine State Podcast. We in this day. Let's go. That's the right way, in the wrong way, in the hollow way. Hey. We just do a better day. Hey. Yeah, goes a hollow way. That's the right way, in the wrong way, in the hollow way. We just do a better day. Got the candidate for Congress. She from these same streets, went to these same schools, been all around the world, so she remain cool, the voice of the people, that means she really listens, not your average politician, she actually pays attention, she understands the struggle, because she came from it, and I respect her more because she ain't ashamed of it, more generation strong, her ties run deep, made it out the struggle, now she back to help for peace, police brutality, unarmed brothers casually, murdered every day, a better way is all I hope to see, we just need a voice who ain't afraid of confrontation, who will look them in the eyes when we make these accusations, cause all we really want is education, peace, a way to earn a living, cause it's politics, but this is real life, self, respect and unity, for our men to be men and treat our women like they queens, that's the the Holloway. Hey, and we back with another episode from the Gunshine State Podcast. Come to find out, Mr. 304. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for you to get over there. Girl, cool ass. <laughs> hey, you already know, man. We in this thing, man. So today we got a special guest. Uh, this young, this lady, young lady is running for Congress. US She's a candidate, Congress. U.S. Congress. She's a candidate for U.S. Congress. Her name is Miss LaShonda Holloway. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're doing we great. Are, we are doing great. We appreciate you coming to the Gunshot State Podcast, doing this interview for us. It's my pleasure. So, uh, here, we want to get into everything that you got going on, obviously, of course, but we do... Uh, we do uh, Our slogan is The Gunshine State Only because of the simple fact that Florida is shaped like a gun Let's get that first. Yeah, we, ain't <laughs> no we ain't promoting no violence rights, no, We don't talk about that, no yeah. drama It's just Just the fact that it's Florida is the shape of a pistol It's true And I, you know what For years I always said I live in Jacksonville You know where the trigger is So oh. I get it I understand it <laughs> So look At the end of the day um, Look No shade no sh- You know look It's all shine here Let's go Yes ma'am Yes ma'am So <laughs> this is us Where we take shots And we're here to shoot the shits Oh, what shit. we do. What kind so. of shots y'all shooting? <laughs> <laughs> shot, 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 shot. Okay. So, Miss Holloway, yes. uh, how did you get into uh, running for Congress? Like, so, what does that entail? Oh, man, let me tell you. Um, in life, we come full circle. And so, I will tell you that as a kid, um, my mom used to work on different campaigns mm. and you know back then they stuff envelopes and send mailers out to people and she used to have me do you know stuff in the envelopes and she's always say Shonda stop licking the envelope because the envelope had the little, the little sticky stuff, stuff yeah right so I want the sweets so she's like stop you know <laughs> stop licking the envelope well fast forward um, by the time um, I got to be I've always been an activist if you will by the time I got to be 15 my mom was an avid reader and we always read the newspaper on Sundays and there was a judge here named Judge Santori that said all niggas need to go back to Africa go back to Africa mm. so of course that didn't sit well with me I was like oh mama I'm going to the courthouse tomorrow and I'm going to protest 
And so she said, so, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> she was ready. Wait, she wait, wait. <laughs> How old you was when you read 15? this? I was 15. Ready you was ready to, to go to the courthouse and yeah. protest at 15 because of something you read in the paper. <laughs> 38 high. Look, so if you want change, no, but real talk, talk about guns, 38 high, right? <laughs> but if you want change, look, you have to act. And so that's why I was an activist in my youth. But as I grew and mature, I knew that I needed to go to law school in order to change the laws, mm. right? And so, of course, when I got to law school, I, by then I had political aspirations. And um, just to rewind, though, with that whole 15 years old um, thing, I think I think I probably was always one who stood up for the rights of the underdog because even like in first grade, I was five years old and younger than most people in my class. But the boy who smelled like pee, who people picked on, look, I made him my friend and I gave him my Mickey Mouse watch. Right. My mm. mom was like, no, you better get that watch. <laughs> OK, so she, of course, called a teacher. But notwithstanding any of that, I'm sharing all of that to say to you that when I went to go picket that particular judge, my mom not only worked at the courthouse, Look, you know, that could have put her job in jeopardy, right? Right, right? But she didn't stop me. She won't she kept asking the questions, why do you want to pick him and what do you think picketing is going to do? And I said picketing is going to bring attention to it, right? right. And so I did that, but I was still mad. So when I went to church, now my mom never went to church, but of course I went to church with my godmother. When church was over, I told my pastor I want to have a conversation with him. And I said, you know, um, you know, we come here every Sunday or whatever I said you tell these people all this stuff but the reality is look we got people in our church who have children who are incarcerated and they go before this judge what we gonna do and I think because I challenged him he joined me so he joined me then he joined me that Monday after school and when some of his friends heard about it. They joined us. And so it became a picket. And Jesse Jackson ended up coming down. But wow. one person can make a difference. You know, when right. people say, oh, it's nothing going to change or happen. Yes, it can. Because I, you know, I was that young. And nowadays the kids would say, oh, you punked him. But whatever it was... He was there, he was you know moved. what I'm saying? And because he was there, then his friends, you know, monkey see, monkey do, right? They jumped in. But I got into politics, like I said, because, one, if you want change, you got to change the laws. We are a nation of laws. But in my youth, like I said, I was an activist. Now I'd like to call myself an advocate because I advocate for change. Okay. That's, what, that's what's up. That's what's up. And it's definitely something like... um Having that in, in, into you at a young age, do you feel like that is really what's going to put you ahead of the game with this this Congress run? With it, it's like it's in you. It's not something that you just you know waited until you got to life and ahead of life. You know. So to, let me say, this is not my first run, and let me say, oftentimes people don't engage in the process. In the the last time I ran, only twenty percent of the population voted, and people vote on name recognition, likes, and looks. And so to prove to you that's real when I was a Congressional Black Caucus fellow we did a white paper and the white paper determined that black people vote on likes if they like mm. you they'll vote for you white Popularity. people right and white people vote on looks and to prove that's real remember when Obama ran against McCain yeah, yeah, Obama yeah, yeah. was a junior senator right right but McCain was a war hero 
But because he looked better than McCain, McCain was old white. Obama appealed to the younger crowd. Obama appealed to the younger crowd, and they voted for him, right? Although, although McCain had more experience, right? And we could take it one step further. When Bill Clinton was president, I don't know if you guys, you know, remember that when Bill Clinton was president, Bill Clinton was from Arkansas. Arkansas and Mississippi would volley between the two poorest states. Well, Arkansas at that time was the 49th poorest state. And back then you didn't hear about scandal because we didn't have the internet then. So you didn't hear know about scandals right, like right. that, but he had the Jennifer Flowers scandal. But Bill Clinton was considered good looking to soccer moms. So he, look, they voted for Bill Clinton because he was considered good looking, although he was from the poorest state, Arkansas, right? right? And he went on the Arsenio Hall Playing the show, saxophone. And he played the saxophone. Yeah, and he knew yeah. the words to lift every voice and yeah, sing. Yeah. And guess what? He Popular. got the black vote. <laughs> he got the black vote. Because they started calling him the black president because he knew lift every voice and sing. And because he played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. And so it was just that simple. And I will tell you, the last time I ran, I ran against a person in no shade, you know, whatever. I believe in democracy. But mind you, I have a law degree. And I worked on Capitol Hill for Congresswoman Carrie Meek, right? But this person had a business that failed. They played football. They quit on a football team. And because the person, look, was a pharmacist and they called him doctor, everybody got excited. So that's family there. You talking about Albert Chester? Yeah. And so I ain't no shade. shade. I'm just saying, but that's what it was. I mean, but that don't qualify you for Congress. Right, right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That, That mean you can count pills. Right? right, and don't get me wrong. I know the whole family. Yeah. Look, okay, but let's say no shade. It's just what it is, and but it doesn't discount the fact that I sold the largest deal in history in Congress. I mean, lar- largest deal in history in U.S. Customs. Right? It don't discount the fact that I have federal experience, but. I keep running because I genuinely love the people. I ain't going to get mad and pout in the corner and stop speaking to people. I keep coming out. The day that I didn't win, I was on the street the next day telling people, we got to make sure we change this and get this man out of here. And I'll do the same thing this time. I tell people every day, we got to get we got to get DeSantis out of office. And when Trump was in office, that's why the day after the election, I was on the street, look, on the beaches, holding up signs because that's where the action was that day, right? That some women on the beaches had an action and I was out there holding up signs saying, look, okay, yeah, because we got to get him out of here. And that's what it is. It's for the greater good lj holloway good i'm running for the people i'm a fourth generation jacksonvillian my mama is here my daddy is here you hear me i got little cousins out here who i want to grow up and know that they can be anything they put their mind to and it's not some laws that are keeping them from doing it but right now the laws are being changed over and over every day this is what i'm calling lawfare Mm. This is lawfare. They're overturning them every day. But people sleep. They just worry about, look, when they're going to get the next shot and look how hard they're going to turn up. When real talk, what we need to be talking about is, look, y'all going to be picking cotton if we don't wake up and vote. That's why Malcolm X said it's the bullet or the ballot. Mm. Mm. So how much? All right. So so when we do get into the to those points where we need to change, we need to change everybody. Uh, my favorite guy, Charlemagne, says, uh, you know, we always do the rising tide, lift all boats. But most of our boats got a hole in them, so we can't lift the boats. You know what I'm saying? How much of that 
And then when we do get this is this is a loaded question. And then we do get into Congress or in into office where we need to be at, nothing changes. And then they say, well, go out and vote, go out and vote. But still ain't nothing changes. And when we did vote, it still nothing changes. So let me say this, and that's where and that's where it comes from. One, you have to understand the law, right? So you learned as a kid, you got executive, legislative, and judiciary, right? right? And so in order for things to change, you have to have the majority, right? Right. Okay, so if you don't have the majority, so the seat, we had DeSantis redrew the district to draw black people out of the 5th Congressional District. That's why I'm running in, running for the United States House of Representatives Congressional District 4 now because he eliminated Congressional District 5. Because it's eliminated, okay, now Florida has 20, 20 Republican congressional seats and eight Democratic seats. We can flip this seat because Clay County and Nassau County is now a part of the district that he drew, right? Now, in the natural, people think it can't be won, but there are just as many people in Nassau County and Clay County who are frustrated. But what we need are one, candidates who appeal to everyone, and two, we need for people to get out and vote. When I say in the last election only 20% of the people voted, only 20% of the people are determining who represents 100% of all of us. So what we need is for people to understand the process. And when you talk about your favorite person, you're saying, you know, you can't do the boat because half of the boat's got a hole in it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. We need economic development. You don't need, let me say this. If you had your own land and had the trees on the land, you can build your boat with some solid wood. And remember, my grand, well, you don't know, but I will just tell you that you probably, you, you see um, surfers on the beach, right? We know a surfboard is a little piece of wood, right? And you notice how when the surfer is on that wood, he riding and riding with the waves, and he like he having a good time on that one little piece of wood, right? So oftentimes, we get focused on the boat and the hole that's in the boat and forget that we could just float on the wood. Real talk, you know what I'm saying? We forget that we forget that we can float on the wood, right. and so that's what I want people to focus on: is to focus on the foundation, building the foundation. Look, right now, little brothers and sisters can't even buy a house. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You talk about the boat; they can't even buy the house because houses are so expensive. And if you're straight out of college and you're only making a hundred grand, and the average median price of a home is two fifty. Look, and they got student loans. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Oh no, I believe in grand, canceled. but twenty no. percent going to Uncle, going back to Uncle Sam. That's what I say. Oh, I, I'm with you with cancel student debt. I mean, look, there's something you saw my website is there. But at the end of the day, hear me when I say that's what it is. We got to get back to basics. But everybody got to participate in the process. If you don't participate in the process, you can't complain. Look, when everybody talk about you know, oh, how did they get in slavery? If I was in, if I was living in that time, I would have been fighting back. Well, this is the time. This is this is where you are. It's yeah. just high tech. We call you. We call debt. Mm-hmm. That's the new slavery. Mm. Every time you sign on that dotted line with a credit mm. card, that's the new slavery, mm. right? So if you're not doing anything to eliminate that, or you're not voting or participating in the process, that's what you would have been doing during slavery. Wow, that was banger. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, who's one of 
Okay, let's get into some Gunshot State podcast questions. <laughs> and I'm long with it, y'all. So I'm so, look, it's cool. It's I cool. This, this love, is, look, this is a I look, I generally love people. LJ the Joker will tell you that. Look, we could go all day because this ain't no makeup, no none of that. I'm here right. sick because I love the people enough to be able to reach people I otherwise would not reach. That's what's up. Say, this is a podcast, so we here for the talk. Okay, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. <laughs> so, who are some of your uh, biggest inspirations? Inspirations professionally and personally. Give yeah. me two. Okay. Okay. That's easy. Um, look, professionally, all day, every day, I have to give it up to Oprah. She came from look Mississippi, poor, fat, black. Everything that they would say is negative. Mm. Is she a billionaire with a B? Mm. Now, I don't know Oprah personally, right. so I don't know all her ish, you know, whatever. So don't be, t- don't be <laughs> talking about I ain't vote for LJ because she like Oprah and Oprah like purple. Because I don't know what color <laughs> Oprah like. But what I do know is despite what society says, she, look, single mother, right? right. Incest, look, fat, black, all that, right? She still persisted and she used her voice to become a billionaire. But not only that, look, you got to give it to her. She walking like she talking. She gave 20 million to Spellman back in the day before you start hearing about all these people now giving money to colleges. Right. Yeah. And she built, look, and she built schools not only in Chicago, but in South Africa. And, you know, look for all she is, all she can't look, she a billionaire with a B and it starts with the almighty dollar. That's a fact. That's a fact. That is. So uh, personally. Personally. Undeniably, unequivocally, my mother. Look, same scenario. You hear me? My mother is from Georgia. Her father, I'm sorry, her grandfather, which we called Papa. Um, look, Papa was a slave, and he bought his freedom by rafting timber up the Savannah River. Mm. You hear me? At nighttime, because look at the daytime. Raft and timber. What what does that entail? Yeah, like logs look, in the water. You put the logs in the water and you and, and raft it up the river so that the people who down the river, that's what need to buy them, that's how you transport wood. Back then they have roads. Would you like you had a car? Yeah, they ain't have. <laughs> they had no car. Well, was like final destination <laughs> type. Look, so, they have ninety five. Wow! Right, he, he rafted timber up the river, and so I. That's why I say we talk about spirit and DNA. I believe that same spirit and DNA is in my mother. Um, she's strong. I mean, undeniably strong. They said she'd be paralyzed. When I went to Howard, they said she'd be paralyzed, and the doctor kept trying to get her to go on disability. But she knew that she had a smart child, and she had to get her child through Howard, right? So my mother, I mean, she used to, like, have, she had arthritis so bad, she used to, like, have to roll over, like, on her elbows because the hands was just so deformed, right? Roll over on her elbows just so she can get up and she still would try and, you know, like go to work so that she could pay tuition for me. Again, sometimes, you know, we have it good and don't realize we have it good. I'm protesting at Howard. My mama busting her butt and I'm at Howard protesting, right? But notwithstanding any of that, she is undeniably and unequivocally my hero and the person I look up to the most because now she walked five miles a day mm. and like now they have better drugs for um, they have better drugs now for arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. But back then they didn't. But she kept pushing despite the right, pain. Right, right. 
Yeah. That's dope. Now, do you feel like that that drive and that push, like you said, that your mother had, is that something that you see diminishing with the the newer generation? Absolutely. So there's there's an old adage that says every generation would be weaker but wiser. So while they're smarter, they're weaker. I mean, now, I mean, my uh, business I started called All About Healthcare Advocates. Before I started running, I was getting all these calls saying, you know, my son, um, he, um, he having mental problems and the insurance won't pay for it. Do you know anybody who can help us? Everybody was whispering it, right? They called, but they didn't want nobody to know. They just want to talk to me, right? Because they didn't want anybody to know. And I'm like, you know what? You're not the first call I've had this week. You know, I've getting these calls more and more and more. And so I think it is because everybody wants their child to be better than them or the next generation to be better, right? So more people are giving their children more as opposed to teaching them how to work for it. And I remember... Um, one of my little cousins um, who I was guardian for, she was on this soccer team. And, you know, we would go to the games. She wasn't good at soccer. Mm. She was not good. Okay? And so I said, what is your heart's desire? Why do you want to play soccer? Because I was trying to get her to see it. Right? And she, one of her little classmates played soccer, so that's why she wanted to join the team. Right? Right. But I wanted her to see, like, look, it's okay. If you like to draw, we can get you some painting classes because you're right. not good at it. But guess what? I wanted her to understand that if you start something, you're going to finish it. So she did finish the season, but everybody got a trophy. Yeah. And she was sorry. Yeah. And when I say no. she was sorry, and so that's what it is. Now these parents are teaching these kids. Everybody think they're great. And so when they get 18... They graduate from high school, and you go to college, you see the boy next to you that he really is great. They can't cope. Mm. Or they can't get a job, but they're not CEO day one because everybody been telling them they're great. Too many participation trophies, what you're saying? <laughs> but the other thing, too, is not enough truth serum. Mm. Let your child, look, your child can't be great at everything. Can't be 100. Right, your child can't be great at everything. I'm not great at everything. Yeah. I could swim all day long. Lifeguard. Look, come from water safety instructor. <laughs> but hear me when I say to you, you put me on a track field, my knees jacked up, mm. I'm out of gas. <laughs> right, you right, hear me? Right, right. I'm not a track star. Right. Right. Yeah, you gotta keep it one hundred, man. That 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 weaker but wiser is is a great statement, dog, because uh like I uh I told I wholeheartedly believe that because like you said, like I, the generation before us was had to go through had to go through more, did more, or it was like uh, how we how we was raised old, especially especially the men, we fall down, oh just get up and don't 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 cry and things of that nature, or mm-hmm. not even talking, have anybody to talk to. Now we got more outlets to talk to people with mental wealth and and things of that nature. So I really uh I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, no, but that's a whole. I think now that's a whole nother issue because some of that is cultural, right? You know, um, black people in particular don't believe in counseling. You know, they think it's a sign of weak. They think that's a sign of weakness, and so I think it's healthy to talk. I've always been a talker, so if I had some bothering bothering me, everybody knew it because I'm gonna tell you until I get the right answer or until I feel better about it. I'm gonna get it off of me, right? But then you have a lot of people that internalize and won't share. But I think about the weaker, the weaker but wiser thing, which I was trying to convey when I was making the point about um, the child who's in my life is um, weaker but wiser. They get 
now they get anxiety or they can't handle losing or not being great. I think that's the point I was really mm. trying to make. They get, you know, they get, I, I hear so many people now talking about, oh, so-and-so has anxiety. What the hell is anxiety? I mean, like, my grandma, like, like okay, it was like, not something that they, that was a thing back right, in the right, days. Right, stuff, you just, you, know you look, life happens. And so you have, so if you teach them young that, okay, yeah, you might miss the base or you might miss the goal. As you're young, when you get older, when you're missing the base and the goal, the world don't end. But how how long, how much of that is just like on us though? Because like you say, it's society. Like we want to like once we grow up, we want to we want better for our kids. We want for them not to go right. through the so same it, things that we went through, is this- which is going to make them suffer. It, for for lame, in, in layman's terms, which is going to make them softer and not be able to deal and cope with life. Remember when everybody learns to walk? What's the first thing happens? They fall, but they get back up. Mm. But too, could it be so much added pressure of making sure that you're, you know, that's being put on to each generation to be better than the last? That's causing this, you know, weaker mindset or the the fact of having all these issues of anxiety and you know, um, all these mental health issues because, you know, if it's been instilled to me that I, you know, my mother doesn't want me to be in the same predicament as, you know, she grew up and everything. So now it's pressure to me to say that, okay, I have to do everything right to make sure that I'm not going through that same thing that they went through. You know what I mean? So I'm going to have to say I disagree with you because let me say this. Papa was a slave and he had his slave papers wrapped up in leather so they wouldn't get wet right mm. and so he had to worry about not only getting caught by a slave catching he wouldn't have no recourse right his papers getting wet and he was trying to buy his freedom buy the freedom of his wife who so that he can eventually buy a town so that his children would be free right, right. and so his children can learn their letters so every generation wants better for their children i don't think that's a new phenomenon yeah, no, I'm not saying I just think the, and I think the pressures are even less now because guess what? You can go where you want to go. You could be what you want to be and the libraries are empty and there's a book on every topic, subject that you ever want to learn and these suckers won't put a pick up a book. So, on that note, we're going to do this. We're going to go ahead, take a break and we'll be right back. Gunshot State Podcast. <laughs> And we back with another episode from the Gunshot State Podcast. So, going to Howard, how was that experience? That's that's my that's the dog neighborhood nip. Y'all already know. How was that experience? <laughs> so you know, um, I, at the time, I um, of course graduated from Reigns, Itchy Bond Number One. <laughs> itchy <but>, Bond, <laughs> Itchy Bond. But um, going to um, going to Reigns, um, of course, that's a predominantly black school in Jacksonville, Florida. For those of you who are listening, um, and it was a school built for us by us. I have to just put that in. Um, but anywho, most people at Reigns were going to schools in. Florida. So I was the only one from Reigns or Rebalt in really in my whole class in Jacksonville that went to Howard. Wow. And 
for the me. The real H U? The real H U, baby. Look, eight look, eighteen sixty seven. Oh, okay, okay. You hear me? The Mecca, right? The Mecca. But notwithstanding any of that, um, I tell anybody, you know, and I get I get flat from people because I, of course, like I told y'all, I was protesting at Howard, um, and I end up graduating from Edward Waters, and I only went there for one semester, and I took twenty one hours, and so my heart and my foundation is at Howard right. because that's where my, I think, you know, God moves in mysterious ways, but I think that's where my um, being was solidified. Mm. You know, like you validate it when you leave home. Right. right. So I knew I was validated, but when I got there, it was solidified because I had teachers who looked like me, who believed in me, but more importantly, look, they made sure that you understood the why and the history. And so that's what that is. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, that's the best way I can put it. I mean, you, I mean, Howard um, was started by freedmen, freed men. Uh, you hear me? Yeah. Um, and so it was called Freedmen's Bureau. And that's why General Howard, when he saw all these freed men educating each other, he wanted to institute a university. And so Howard um, is named after a white general, but it was the white general who had the money to help the Freedmen's Bureau. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Right, the more right. you live, the more you learn. Hey, I did not know learn that. Learn something new yeah. every day. Yeah, so, and that's what, and so that's what it is for me. Um, even now, like you don't see commercials, and you'll see a whole lot of signs. And I hate it when I see people, and they say, um, "What you gonna do for me?" I be wanting to say to myself, "Nigga, what you want a fish sandwich or a barbecue sandwich?" Because historically, but that's what's that's gonna what, bring them out. That's what brings them out, but that started with white men. Mm. I have a neighbor who was a member of the KKK, and he said, LG, if you want me to, uh, he said, back in my day, we used to drive a liquor truck, and we'd go to the colored neighborhood, and uh, we get them liquored up and tell them who to vote for. Wow. And so that's where that came from. So it's like, you know what, if you give them a fish sandwich or give them a barbecue sandwich, they'll, they'll vote. vote for you. <laughs> So what is what is something that, that you would say that stands you out from the people that you are running against? Um, the biggest thing is, that's the point I was getting to, the biggest thing is I refuse to take their money um, because we are actually... Um, <clears throat> It's okay. it's okay. It's okay. Hey, live. I called myself happy. Yeah. No, but the goal is to turn this sucker off, right? Um, y'all are very important to me, but... Um, Notwithstanding, what separates me is I refuse to take dark money. I don't take uh, money from big business or special interests, and that's also the reason why you don't um, see me getting a lot of press. Like, I'm always active and in the streets, but, you know, they might give me an interview, but it's very rare to show my face or give me any credit because they know not only do I know what I'm talking about, but I'm dangerous because I'm educated and I'm not afraid. So I don't get the kind of press I have to do podcasts, and that's why, look, people always call it the LJ train, because you'll know how I'm coming and who behind me. Mm. There you go. Because it's like the Underground Railroad. I got people with me who believe in me, but because I don't have commercials and I don't have all those signs, they never know how I'm coming. And I refuse, even in the even in the party that I'm a member of, I am a Democrat because that's where I believe I can win. Um, Would but, you consider yourself like a Dino? 
Um, I'm not a Democrat in name only. I hate labels. My soul is too deep to be put in a box. Mm. Uh, but like I say, but I checked that box because that's the party I believe I can win with. But um, no, um, at the end of the day, I'm human. I bleed. Um, I bleed red. You know, um, and that's how they keep us divided. And so while in their constitution, those men who didn't think about me or you, um, you know, they said one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So the part I really believe is liberty and justice for all. Got to have it. We got to have it. Definitely need that reform. Um, and that is one of the points that, that you will, that you are fighting for criminal justice reform, because that is heavy in the city. Um Especially Jacksonville, with <laughs> <laughs> with you know what I'm saying the way things go out here with the people, you know what I'm saying, and it is a lot of that that needs to be done because although we do show our ass, you know what I'm saying, there are some people that really just needs to have that proper guidance to get on the right track. So how what is what type of ref- criminal justice reform is it that you're pushing for? So um, for criminal justice reform, that's so big and it's such a gamut. And so to help shape this conversation, so, you know, we have the local level, the state level, and the federal level. So with me running at the federal level, right, I could put in minimum legal protections, right, that the states would have to adhere to. And that, of course, as a result of the states having to adhere to it, that local have to adhere to it, right? So one of the biggest things is I don't believe that officers should have qualified immunity. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Because we see every day with videos that there are some people, look, who are bad actors, right? Right, 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 right. But not just that. I also believe um, with criminal justice reform, um, and it's only one way to say this, and it is just but to say it, we need to have a Brady list. We need to have a list of all those cops who are bad actors, Right. So that they can't go from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and get hired. Right. 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 Um, Because I think there are some people who really do want to protect and serve. But you know what? But like in any profession, there's bad apples. Right. So we have to get the bad actors out. But the other thing um, that's um, big and we could talk about it. We know uh, Breonna Taylor, but locally we could talk about Diamond. Um, Look, we need to eliminate no knock warrants. Because if you come and if you bust in my house in the middle of the night, it might be some fire. Mm-hmm. And somebody might not make it out. You know? Yeah. So we have to, elim- I mean, unless it's in the law, we call it unless it's an exigent circumstance. Right? Like you but, know somebody about to cause harm. Right. Or- it's, that's exigent. Right. So right now, I mean, but a no not warrant because you heard somebody selling drugs. Well, I'm sorry. That's not exigent. Uh, uh, uh. But see, they try to put, I mean, I, I don't get it too much into politics. But with that being said, you know, I always know it's loopholes around stuff. and That's you why know, you need someone with a law degree right, to understand right. the law. they try to throw, okay, well, if you, yeah, we, we busting in because we feel like you're selling drugs. But you're still selling a fatal drug if you got that fentanyl or whatever the case may be. So that's what puts a higher degree on the Try to justify what they're doing. Because I of think it. you just made my point. <laughs> That's why you need someone with a law degree yeah. at the table. Because hear me when I say, before a bill becomes a law, it's in committee. So when someone proposes a bill, 
You need people in committee who are at the table who are going to speak, speak up and say, this does not pass constitutional muster, and this is why. And if you don't have the majority at the table, you now have the position, the title, and I'll do what I did since I was 15 years old. We'll bring it to the people and let the people know what time it is and what's going on because a government is only as strong as the people it represents. And how many of you complain, even I complain, but because I'm an avid reader and LJ will tell you I don't sleep, I'm up in the middle of the night reading, right? I'm reading cases, reading what happened on Capitol Hill, you know, just the day before, whatever. Um, It is boring to some people, but for me, because I worked on the Hill, I'm accustomed to reading four newspapers a day, right? Mm. So it's important to me to read and understand. And that's what is when you're training, you know, you're in law school, you read all the time, right? So if you can read 80 pages, you know, in two hours, you, you might not be ready to represent the people because they put a lot of stuff in there and hide stuff for people mm. who don't read. Case in point, I was so upset with legislators from this state when they passed Stand Your Crown. Mm. And so now you have a governor who's talking about open carry, right? And you got to stand your ground laws. So that why you think a lot of times you see these videos, they'll say, stop resisting. And the person hogtied. How they resisting? They hogtied. Right, 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 right? Right, right, right? Or whatever. Or you'll hear the narrative, oh, I was afraid for my life. All that's language and stand your ground. Right. So at the end of the day, look, they turn, they're overturning laws every day. So they'll be able to kill you legally. Mm. Yeah. And Bubba can and have get a away gun with and it. get away with it. Uh, so with let's talk about uh, so since we are here in Florida Gunshine State and we are talking about Ron DeSantos DeSantis DeSantis I'm DeSantis. sorry DeSantis <laughs> <Take> one <laughs> um, the Don't Say Gay Bill that they that they signed into uh, I want to say what legislation that's what it's called yes but have you read that bill I'm Let's talk about it. Okay, so first of all, let me say, um, kindergarten through third grade, have you ever heard had any conversation with any teacher about your sexuality? Hell right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That part. laughs> Same thing with critical race theory. You right. ever saw critical race theory? I didn't get critical race theory until I got to Howard. Mm. So you ever had critical race theory in your classroom? Mm-mm. Those are what we call red herrings. So they making a mountain out of a molehill because last I checked, that's not discussed in in school really. In kindergarten through third grade, I haven't seen. I mean, look, I don't care who you sleep with. That's your business, right? <laughs> and I just don't think kindergarten through third grade children are really focused on their sexuality. They worried about who had the ball longer, right? And if they got the kind of parents I had. If they gonna get the ribbon for making all A's or A B on a roll, and so that's not an issue. I don't think that's an issue in classrooms. I don't think I don't think teachers should be put in the position where they have to uh, worry about now. It's illegal for them to say racism. Okay, so in addition to don't say gay, so now teachers can't don't can't talk to the children of a child did come to them to say they were gay. K and K through third grade, look, they banned in the books. Okay. And then the other thing is you can't talk about racism or critical race theory. Y'all own, I thought that I, was part of history. It was getting talked about racism. 
what I'm saying is, so that's the don't say, so the don't say gay bill, that's what that's about, right? Mm-hmm. The don't say gay bill, that's, you know, you can't, if a child comes to you and says, you know, that they're gay or, you know, they're having these thoughts, you can't entertain, you can't say gay. So right? if I was a teacher and a student comes in to me and say, well, are you a girl or a boy? How, do, how is that, should, how should that be explained? You have to ask Ron DeSantis about that. <laughs> that's crazy. That's what I'm saying, like. <laughs> but I mean, but your hairstyle has nothing to do with your sexuality. Right. So you look. So you can say I'm non-binary, or say whatever you want to say. Yeah. I'm but good. see, that child just opened up the Pandora's the, the, the lane for this, so yeah. I'm non-binary. Well, what does non-binary Binary mean? mean? Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, or, or whatever. I mean, but what I'm saying is, okay, so if you are gay, that's who you sleep with. That's your business. I wouldn't share with my kindergarten through third graders who I'm sleeping with. That ain't their business. I would just say, excuse me. And typically when you say excuse me and look at a student, they get in line. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, you don't ask me my personal business, period. Right. Right, right. We're here to learn. So, so, so if, 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 because like we just said, you know, that's not really the, the big case when you're talking about kindergarten through third grade. But that, but that's what the bill is. It's so K- why? Huh? So why even run on that stand? Why even put that out there? That keeps us divided. Mm. That keeps us divided. in 2022. Look, united we win, divided we fall. So they keep us divided. So why do you, I mean, all the issues that you see, it's just to keep us divided. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I hate labels. Look, my soul too deep be put in the box. I don't. Look, but at the end of the day, I do believe in freedom of speech, and I also believe that teachers who sign up to teach, they genuinely want to educate children, right? But for the past 10, 15 years, they've been teaching the test, so they haven't even been teaching the children. They've been teaching the test because not all children are poised in position to go to college, but let me tell you what the whole teaching the test is about. Remember, and uh, when Jeb Bush was your governor, that's when they started the testing, right? And that's when they introduced yes, char- charter schools because one education is a new dot com. That's guaranteed federal money. Teach the test, you get money. Look, the the Bushes own a testing company, right? Mm. And Betsy DeVos, remember who was Secretary mm. of Education? Her family owns a big testing company, right? So you get money for testing them, right? Because all the school Systems are buying these tests. You got to grade them, right? The testing bank, that's all money, right? Guaranteed federal funding. So we did that. They all got rich off education and testing. Why you see all these charter schools and they build them in our community? Because what, right? We like shiny and new, right? As opposed to building and strengthening the infrastructure for our public schools, getting them the resources they need. We are, look, they build the charter school in our community, right? And where we go? To the charter school. And so what does that do? That takes money out of your public school and makes it further deteriorate, right? And make the charter school make the charter school, make the charter school profitable, not better. Because remember, charter school. They, they, they held at a certain standard that they got to teach. Charter school, most of the teachers at charter school can't pass the NTE, right? You pay teachers who are at public school more money because they pass the NTE and they are part of the state system. Right, and they get a pension, but with a charter school, they just pay them a little bit more up until they get to like 
I think a uh, year seven of experience in teaching, right? And then you realize it was more advantageous for you to stay in the public school because not only are you building a pension, right? But you also got benefits. But over here, they're just paying you this money and you don't have the kind of benefits that you have if you were in the public schools. So for the parent who got this bad child, they ain't got the kind of rules they got in the public school. So this child can go to, you know, the charter school and it's new. So she happy because they going to give John a passing grade because they know they get paid per pupil. Mm. So John going to pass over there. Wow. And that, and so, and that's another thing you said that you're fighting for, was the, which is the education part. So for education, um, I'm fighting um, not only for um, infrastructure, but we need more teachers, and we need to pay teachers a fair living wage. There's a 500... Not to cut you off, but to cut you off, shout out to my wife, who's just Duval, employee of the year, school-related employee of the year. Shouts yes, <laughs> I know that's right. Once, and you know, that's important. I mean, we have to celebrate that. Mm. And it used to be a time when we um, held people in high esteem who took care of our children. Right. Because they shape our baby's minds. Your wife might be the kind of person, she was employee of the year because she might be the kind of person that when that baby come in, she know that baby ain't have no breakfast. She'd be like, mm. you know what I'm saying? And either give him that money for that extra donut or give him that sandwich out of her purse or wipe his mouth or be like, ask your mom if I can get your head cut. You know, because that's the kind of educator, you know, I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's the kind of people we need, you know what I'm saying? And it could be the lady in the cafeteria. It could be the lady in the front office. But look, those are the kind of people who help build community. You know, that's why I hated that when you asked that question about, you know, because, yeah, everybody know Oprah and that's big or whatever, but the real unsung heroes is the people whose names you don't know. My mentor, God bless the dead, B.B. only finished the third grade, but she read the newspaper every day, and she owned a store, and she sent three sons to Bishop Kenny. That's love and respect to me. Yeah, that's dope, yeah. So... So why should people vote for you? So people should vote for me because one, I'm unbought and I'm unbossed. And two, I genuinely love the people. I am running to represent the people. I believe, like I say all the time, that the government is only as strong as the people it represents. And I, you don't run three times for Congress because you got an ego. I'm good when I eat. Look, trust me, I'm a big girl, okay? And I eat good. And so I don't need anything. And I've been around the world twice on my way a third time. You know what I'm saying? So I have a good life. And I've done everything I want to do. Mm. You hear me? And I mean that from the bottom of my heart that I'm running because I genuinely love the people. And so I don't have a price. They can't dangle a carrot in my face. It's nothing that I have to do. So, are you running for Congress as a stepping stone to higher um, mm. levels in, like Obama. In, in, in politics, or That's is what that sir, you, you never know? Or do you feel like that? I mean, because like they say, it's three levels here, right? It's the executive, judicial, and the legislative. Um, the executive is, you know, they just sign off on the things. It's really the judicial and the um, legislative. legislative that really does everything. So right. And so, if you, so, so if the United States House of Representatives is the uh, federal level, Congress is the highest of the land. Look, I don't go any higher in the legislative branch than 
Congress, okay. United States House of Representatives. I'm going to represent you in Washington. I lived in Washington in 23, for 23 years. I have depth and breadth of federal experience. That's why I gave him that card to say, you know, look, not only did I work at the United States Environmental Protection Agency um, when I was a student at Howard, I also was an appointee in the Clinton administration. So I have depth and breadth of federal experience. Oh, wow. I sold the largest deal in history at Customs. I trained people at alcohol, tobacco, firearms. I mean, look, um, I could go on and on and on about my federal and my federal experience and the relationships. So I think that I'm the best person suited to represent the people in that particular seat. But I had no aspirations. If truth be told, I had a brain tumor, couldn't walk or talk. Right. And if someone had told me I moved back to Jacksonville, I'd have been like, you a lying, your breath stink. I mean, I really would have said it like that. But hear me when I say to you, God moves in mysterious ways. I had that brain tumor. I went to California, had the tumor removed and they didn't say they said I wouldn't survive. Right. And so um, we were out there and my mom, of course, was retired. My dad owned a car lot here. And it just made more sense for me to come back to Jacksonville to recuperate so that, A, I had more family members and more people who could support my mom while I was recuperating. But in my mind, I thought, one, nobody can play God. I'm going to survive. I'm going to be okay. And two... I really didn't realize I wasn't going to be able to walk or talk because we forget that our mind tells us to stand up or sit down. Okay. So they were just focused on getting the tumor removed and me surviving. Nobody thought walking or talking was going to be important to me, but it was. And so while I couldn't walk or talk, I spent a lot of time on my back. Right. And so I guess God had to put me on my back so I can hear him because I go 200 miles per hour. Right. If you don't stop me, I keep going. So yeah, I'll tell you how I look trying to come up them steps. Right. Real talk. It was hell. Anywho, um, I'm saying all of that to say to both of you and for those who are in the audience listening that, um, Really, this is a calling. It really is. You don't do this this many times because it's just something you want to do. Right, it's and fun. Yeah, something fun. And when I first heard that still small voice say that I needed to run, it didn't make sense to me. And I didn't tell anybody. I talk a lot, but I didn't tell nobody. Wow. My mom and I were in a hotel in Hong Kong. And it was 2015. Just, just, and just, just out in Hong Kong. Just, just out in Hong Kong in the hotel. No, 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 and because I had already been around the world, my goal before 30 was to go to all six continents, right? Oh, wow. And so the beauty of doing that and doing that solo, I encourage everybody to do maiden voyages, right? Because you don't have to compromise with nobody. You talk with yourself. You experience things at your own pace in your own way. But um, what I realized is that, you know what? My mom had, you know, it really shaped me to be the woman that I was. And although she sacrificed a lot for me, she hadn't seen many of the countries that I had seen. So mm. for Mother's Day, that's always my gift. Like because she got a lot of stuff, she'll need anything, right? So that's our thing. We take a trip, it's and so time. yeah, we, we get time and memories, right? So we were um, in a hotel in Hong Kong, and so it's about three o'clock in the morning, and um, you know we were on club level, and that's because I had points, not the flex. <laughs> um, so, 
So I had to figure out what you okay. club <laughs> level was. <laughs> right. When she said we had hey, points hey, not hey. twist, that is something. At your wings, you know, your wings. Yeah, but so you know, but on club level, you know, you go, you always go to the lounge to get food or whatever at any time or get a drink or whatever. So I didn't want my mom to hear me crying because I was crying because I realized all that God had done for me. He not only healed my body. And all the things he said to me on my sick bed, I was not obedient. Like, I didn't do it, you know. So I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. So, I, I mean, I just couldn't stop you crying. You convicted. Yeah, I did. That was, it was conviction. And so I couldn't stop crying. So I got up and I went to the lounge. And so um, when you're in the lounge at 3 o'clock in the morning, you don't expect nobody else to be in the lounge, right? So I was in the lounge by myself. And so I just had some water and I grabbed a paper and... I'm sitting there, and so this man walks in. He said, "Are you American?" I said, "Yes," because we in another country. People can tell. Right. He said, "Are you American?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Are you in government?" First of all, I don't know this man. Right. You a spy? How are you a spy? What's up? <laughs> and I said, and at the time I was not. No, I said, no. Why'd you ask me that question? So I knew it was nobody but God, because in the natural, one. I'm not going to talk to a stranger. I answer no questions or entertain right, 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 right. Okay, that's just my personality. You get, girl, look, you go to school in, in D.C., how you know you don't talk to strangers, right? <laughs> so it's different in the South. In the South, you don't speak. They like, yeah. oh, she thinks she all that. But it's just cultural right. um, or regional. So hear me when I say I was convicted, but I still didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell anybody. But it was so heavy and so on my heart that, so mind you, we took this trip in May. It was so heavy and on my heart that October 2015 is when I announced to run the first time for Congress. There you go. Yeah. So it wasn't any, I mean, and it took me seven years of being disobedient. So I had the brain tumor in 2008, but I didn't announce in 2015. So, so many times you'll hear small things, small voices, and you know, whether you call it you know, the Holy Spirit or you call it the universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, so many times we'll hear those things and we don't act. But for me, it's like I genuinely love the people. And every time I hear of legislation that's against the will of the people, I mean, a part of me, you know, it's my heart breaks. A part of me, I mean, it's like is deteriorating every time I see it and know that it's something I can do about it and didn't do. And so that's why I keep running. Some people run and they know the people to go to and get a check. I don't take those people check because I know that if you dance to the music, you got to pay the piper. Right. Science costs, commercials costs. Uh, I mean, it's true. And so that's what it is. So you got white people and black people who don't like me because I'm free. There you go. That's how you keep it real. Ain't no hidden agenda, you know. No, no, no backing to no. I ain't gotta remember nothing. Look, I had a brain tumor, man. Look, I had to travel light, so I ain't gotta be trying to carry no bags, <laughs> no baggage, none of no that. Secrets, and none of that. I ain't gotta none. think about uh, think about what y'all doing coming back from you and politics without the politics for real. Yeah, you know real what I'm talk. saying? Because they them the biggest gangsters of the world. You feel me? Real talk. <laughs> it's true. I work. Let me tell you, I worked on Capitol Hill for Congresswoman Carrie Meek. And so that's something y'all talk about. You know, y'all was trying to get on the party conversation, but I wasn't going there with y'all because really it only matters in the district. Mm -hmm. Because in Washington, they're colleagues. 
You think about it. You work with people you might not necessarily oh, like on the strength, or some people you might like, but you know, like, look, you understand you got to be on this side because this is what it's for. Right. right, but they're colleagues, and so because they are colleagues, and remember, you'll see cameras in the members' side of the room. You just see the floor, and that's what we see, right? So you got people in neighborhoods who won't speak to each other because somebody's a Democrat or a Republican, but in the members' dining room, they friends. They're trying mm. to find out which lobbyist paying for whose summer home, or which lobbyist is paying for whose grandchild's tuition. Mm. They friends. But down here on the lower level, and they selling y'all up yeah. the river. They make a, yeah, y'all they, beefing down somebody, on our level. They no, beefing. I listen to the Dynasty podcast. Uh, Shouts out to Feeling. They got a podcast. It's called Unashamed. It's, about, it's more of a like of a Bible study uh, podcast. But um, you know they're, they're rednecks and Republicans, and I listen to it so much. I love it. I just it just something in me like damn, they probably won't even like me because I'm black or. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just sitting up here judging them because of them being Republicans and the way that they live their life with, like, their beards and everything like that. So and it's probably anything like that. that. I'm so glad you said that and because I want y'all opinion. So I was invited to participate in this forum on Thursday. And so some Republicans in Ocean Way on Yellow Bluff Road. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm. They invited They still got them good trees out there. Right. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> Gunshine podcast, <laughs> but anyway, um, like I said, um, I was invited, and um, the guy called. He said, well, "I just want to make sure you're really going to come, because they have to extend the invitation, mm. but they probably didn't expect mm. me to accept." Sure. Right, right, right. And so my rationale is, I want to represent all the people, so I'm going to show up. Now, because I have a primary August 23rd, and I need y'all to show up and vote L.J. Holloway for a better day on August 23rd, that's against, you know, a Democrat to win the primary so that we can advance to November to the general. So it could be not good strategy to go, but I'm going because I I put the issues in the room. And my values or what I'm going to say not going to change from August to November, right? So I'm going. I was uh, I just got through from watching uh, the Obama uh, documentary on HBO Max, and it was real. It was a real. He caught a lot of flack with him playing, for lack of a better terms, both sides. It's it's not that uh, he didn't say he was a black president or he was going for the white. It was for it was for everybody, and that's what I'm running for. I want a better government. Mm. I want not just for my little nephews and nieces, but I want the child that I don't know and the child who is yet unborn to have a better life and not have to go through what a lot of people are going to go through in the very near future if we don't overturn some of these bad laws. Right. And he caught a lot of slack, even from like the, the, the black professionals, the people, the Cornell Wests, the, uh, the people who do like they own big political people, I would mm-hmm. say. But, you know. They hated on Jesus, so and, and the thing is that you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. You can't please all the people all the time. You, if you know how many people hated me that don't know me, it's kind of funny. Look, I'm telling you, when I ran last time, I realized I was that important. Man, I'm telling you, it was a whole group that used to wake up every morning and talk about me. And I'm like, man, these people don't even know me, but I didn't know I was that hot. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, real talk. So I was like, okay. All right. That's how I'm carrying it. All right. Real talk. All right. So when is the, um, 
the first round of voting. You say August 23rd. August 23rd. 23rd. Early voting starts Monday, August 8th. Okay. So I tell people to get out there, get it done early because on election day, it could be raining. You might have to work late. Don't put your future in the hands of the weather of one day. So the other thing is they give us early voting and they're looking for a reason to cut it out because they know that's when we show up. So, have all so your stuff show together. up and have your stuff ready so that if it is a problem when you get there, you got nine, ten days to correct it, it and figure it out and get it right. You right. know what I'm saying? Because if you wait till August 23rd and they're like, oh, your signature don't match. You had a gas. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's what they want. That's called voter suppression. And so that's one of the other issues that I have with there is voting rights because we see voter suppression every day. Right. And they have laws now that try and suppress your vote. Right. Like even if you do vote by mail now, they only had a box outside a certain time, right, 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 all right. kind of stuff. Right. So they don't want you to vote. And everybody knows how valuable our vote is. But us. That's why they kind of That's keep what, trying to take it away. And more importantly, look, you don't see white people in the black community until the election time. Oh. Hey. So August 23rd. August 23rd. August 23rd is, and is August 8th is. So uh, August. Uh, so let me say this. Um, I'll say it this way. The election day is August 23rd, but early voting starts in Duval on August 8th, it starts in Clay County on August 13th, and it starts in Nassau County August 10th. Because remember, this is a congressional district, and a congressional district is larger than a citywide race in that there are 745,000 people, and they draw the lines to cover a certain geography, right? That's, but it is gerrymandered. We know it's gerrymandered, but that's okay. We're going to tell our people who live, whether they live in Bryceville, Yulee, Callahan, or if they live in Green Green Cove Springs or live in Middleburg, we're going to be like, look, y'all, we got to go register. Tomorrow's the last day to register to participate in this election. It cuts off 28 days before the election cycle, right? So tomorrow is July 25th. So on July 25th, if you know your house ain't in order, if you're not sure your house is in order, make sure you go online to registertovote.org and make sure that you got all of your voting information intact. And make sure you go on August 8th if you live in Duval. You go on August 10th if you live in Nassau. And you go on August 13th if you live in Clay. Right? And make sure that you cast your vote and cast your vote early. The early bird gets the worm. Let's flip this let's flip this seat. They drew it to be um red. Let's flip it. Yes, ma'am. Gotta flip it, gotta get out there and vote. Miss LJ Holloway, we appreciate you coming to the Gunshine State Podcast. But here. one thing you didn't do. He asked the people how they can find me. Oh, I was about to. Oh, I was yeah, about to yeah, we, yeah. Okay, that's why I, I, I got you. Oh, I got you. Yeah, we got yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate you. Like I was just saying, we appreciate you coming to the Gunshine State Podcast, taking uh, your time to uh, you know educating and enlightening. Yeah, this this so. is real important. Homeboy Q Savage said, "Man, this is a dope show. This next level." So this is we appreciate that, man. All right, so if you want to find Miss LJ Holloway, all right, you can hit her phone up at 904-300-5677. She on Twitter at LJ for Congress, uh, Instagram at LJ for Congress, 
Facebook is LJ Holloway for Congress Ooh. and make that cash app ring for any donations hey. at dollar sign LJ for Congress. Remember, we need that cash app ring. Yeah, yeah she's doing it by herself. Yeah, commercials cost. You know, you want to see me on TV? Look, commercials cost. Look, you want to see more signs? Signs cost. Want to see more t shirts? T shirts cost. You want that merch? 